It is April 14th, 2021. This is Atlanta United <sighs> FC Weekly, a Home Before Dark podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. One of these days Thank I'm going to do that, and it's just going to go <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in on this lovely Wednesday evening. A little rain in the in the forecast and a little cooling off of this hot weather we've had in Atlanta. I am Tim Herb, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley. Uh. There it is. Lovely indeed. Just leaning into it. And Dan James. Hey, how's it going? It's nice to have top billing again. <laughs> What do you mean? Do I normally introduce Dan first? That one time you did, and I oh. was furious. <laughs> we'll, we'll never hear the end of it. Sounds par for the course from Kevin. Get butthurt about nothing. Get absolutely butthurt about nothing. Vamos Toronto, vamos MLS, vamos... Vamos American Philadelphia. Philadelphia, too, yeah. La, uh, soy de la Philadelphia... Do you speak English? Yes. <laughs> Much better in English. Whenever he's awesome. picking up Nate, whenever Dwight's picking up Nate in the office. Soy muy bueno worker. Um, anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys are watching us on YouTube live, thank you. Make sure that you guys hit the subscribe button, notification bell icon, so that you guys know whenever we go live, especially when we're five minutes late like tonight and whenever we're recording on a Wednesday evening during midweek soccer like we have the past two weeks and not on a normal Monday night, 8 p.m. time frame. But, what do you think guys uh, thinking for next week, Monday? Back back to normal schedule next week, right? Since the game's on Score the predictions already? No. <laughs> you know, I felt a little bad last night. It's tough to feel too bad about being mean to Dan, but I did feel a little bad because I shut him off with score predictions for Orlando, but I definitely should have allowed score predictions for the second leg in CCL, which I just shut down all score predictions. So apologies, well, kind of. <laughs> so I know I don't accept them because I know you don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of sorry, Dan. I'm kind of sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just know, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a lot of goals. Not not Atlanta United related in Concacaf Champions League the past two days, but hey, Atlanta United has scored enough goals. Okay, that's all that matters. Right? Yeah, they've scored enough. They've done what they needed to do. Like, are the local soccer forums? Are, is Alpharetta Dad going after Cruz Azul for running up the score on Arcahai last night? They like, should. Just, yeah, just where are all where's all the outrage? I don't know. I haven't been on. I haven't been on Twitter much today, or looking at Cruz Azul Twitter accounts. But I would imagine that people probably are literally a little upset that by them running up the score against our guy. He's a Haitian team, right? They are. Yeah. yeah. Which I was. I. I don't think I can't remember watching a Haitian team play in uh, CCL in the past couple of years. But maybe I just haven't been paying enough attention early on, or to to non Atlanta United related games. But 
Yeah, I mean, they was in. I was kind of impressed the first leg where they drew Cruises all zero mm-hmm. zero, uh, but then I heard it's all. It was basically Cruises all's reserve team. But you've got to give Aki your credit for you know standing up there and still putting the Cruises because I mean the young kids playing Cruises all are still probably making a lot more than they are, um, you know. So I, I I give them all the credit in the world, and it had to take a Cruises all at home. Uh, with their first team to run up a score like that. Yeah, the same way that Portland just absolutely showed out last night. It was, uh, that was a throttling. So, but I think we might actually, it looks like Toronto just won, right? Is that correct? Yes. Leon. 2-1. So we're one MLS team away from a clean sweep into the, we're going to have five, potentially five teams in the, the last 18. Or the last and, eight, I mean, and sorry. A, and at least one potential MLS matchup in the quarterfinals, which is exciting. If yeah, Philly so, makes it through. So it's it's Atlanta, Portland, Philly, Toronto, and who am I missing? There are I'm five, sure. right? Um, sure. Columbus. Columbus, that's mm, right. Yeah. Oh, Columbus, is Columbus playing tonight? Columbus um, is playing tomorrow at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Oh, weird. I didn't realize there was a Thursday night game. All right. Anyway. Yep. Oh, thank you guys for uh, for joining us in the trap. We got Brian Elliott, Beaven, uh, Michelle, always yep. signing in with her wrong account. Uh, Richard Gordon, Brittany S, Dirty Bird, Dirty person. Bird person. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Dirty Bird person has the king of the hill. Also, trap game for Orlando. No. Trap game. <laughs> home before dark if you want to be in the trap game come join us live each and every time we record by going over to youtube.com forward slash home before dark wait Hit who's asking if button. who's asking who's asking if it's a trap oh elliot even yeah, trap game yeah. for orlando he's saying join the real trap, trap. join the real trap here live so yeah absolutely Gabriel Gabe. Lajas. fucking Lajas. Gabe. good to see you buddy good to see you live so we're coming off it's it's felt like it's been a while since we've done two consecutive broadcasts. I want Elias Sports Bureau to run the run the stats historically when the last time Home Before Dark recorded and back to back wins. Recorded back to back weeks. People thought this show was dead, you know. <laughs> People thought <laughs> two, this was two. never happening again. So all God aboard. forbid. <laughs> Oh, it's the man. same pe- same people who thought that n- none of the three of us were rooting for Petey Martinez to be good last year. And I think it's probably him. been just as long since we've done back-to-back shows after wins as it's been since Alahuense has had back-to-back losses. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. What did J- Jason Longshore tweeted something to that effect? I couldn't tell if he meant August of 2020 or if August of 2019, but he said that Alawense hadn't lost two out of three since last August. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been it's a it's a pretty impressive feat, regardless of what league you're in and regardless of the standing that you have over other teams. That's so. So let's. Uh, I know we're going to talk specifics about the game, but. Off the jump, I think something needs to be talked about, which was the context in which the game was played because Alahuilense had five players out, five starters out going into the matchup. That said, I know it's a win, Atlanta advances, but how much stock do you put into a win against a team that you didn't really see their best and you still kind of 
struggled against at times. Uh, so I feel like there's context in that, but then there's also context of like the rebuild that we had and we're, you know, it's our second game under our new head coach. No, absolutely. Stalling a, a whole new system. And uh, I mean, I want to play the best team um, that you can, that you can play. I mean, I always want their best effort against us, but I guess in this case, it's the team is not just the 11 players on the field. It's the, the team in general, i.e. the front office. And that's what happens when, um, you don't get all your ducks in a row. I mean, Alan Franco couldn't play because he was in in protocol and unavailable. So, I mean, what you do, you can only play the team that you put out in front of you. Yeah. So, I mean, I hate that for Alan Luente, but at the same time, you kind of you got to get your your um you got to get your your papers in order, man. You got to get your house sorted out. So. I don't really yeah. take anything of that. I was, uh, I, it's just the situation. All right. Maybe a better way to put this is, do you take last night's game or even the pair of games plus or minus a regular preseason match showing? Like, obviously it's not a regular season game, but it's also not as insignificant as a preseason match against Birmingham, for example. You know, how, how do you evaluate this in the big scheme of things? Like, is this still preseason run of form what do you you know if you were to rate it out of a hundred as far as what you expect to see coming in from the performance over these two matches going into the match against orlando do you think this team is maybe 75 percent of what we're going to see i'm just Hmm. trying to evaluate and give context to people and and i i have my response to it but you know i think a lot of people are going to need to maybe think about that going into this match against orlando particularly on the road and and a tough stretch out the gate that this isn't a midseason form Atlanta. And for all the reasons that you mentioned, Dan internally that the club is dealing with, with a new manager and new lineup and new roster and new formations and everything else that compounded by, yes, you just won two games. Yes. One of them was on the road with 10 men, you know, all of the things that were positive takeaways from that, but also this second leg at home, you had a significant advantage in that it wasn't a fully, strengthened opponent that you were playing really right um yeah but i feel like we weren't fully uh, at full strength either you know like joseph is you know i don't know if he's even 50 percent um he's like a shadow of himself right now and i get that with reps and everything he'll he you know will will get better um but it also, it's like, well, what are your expectations for the final form of this? You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking MLS Cup. That's my 100% expectation, which is probably um, an over expectation. But I would say we're now like, uh, I mean, Haleto in the tra- trap saying 60%. I could say, yeah, probably around 60%. Um, there's so much more. I mean, you listen to Heinzey in his uh, in the post match press conference. He said there's so much more to work on, uh, and I think the the thing is the good thing about all this is you can see that there's a willingness from the team that like 
they're going somewhere. They're obviously not there yet, but you can see that there's the will and the desire to get to um, that final form. So it's to me, it's really exciting that you know what it could be. But um, then it's always the anticipation, I guess, that can can be the um, the most exciting part. But I feel like we're we're traveling there. I think we we're, we're going to get there and. Um, the good thing, it seems like the players have already brought in on the system that we're trying to implement. What do you think, Tim? Yes. Okay, so final no, form. Just... <laughs> okay, so final form. Frieza, Cell, or Majin Buu? Mm. What? Shut up, Dan. This isn't your part of the show. That's why I brought up this topic, I, I have a, you can't I have talk a, about it. I, have a pretty, um, I think I have a pretty unpopular opinion that all three of their final forms sucked compared to their middle forms is this pokemon again oh what no way dude you thought cell's middle form was better than his final form fucking hell i don't know i guess i just think about the the fight that he had with 16 in his second form and just how good that fight was i don't know my brain just goes to that i remember being so disappointed at what frieza's final form looked like no way the, I the thought his, ball, like, his first form was pretty sweet with the bullhorns. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, agreed. That was pretty good. No. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You haven't even seen my fight. That's form. all I can think about. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's over 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> so I. I don't think Dan is overreacting. I still think that we are. I I, I think it's MLS Cup for us. I, I don't. I, I don't think that. I guess what I should say is I don't think that that's an overestimation. Seeing the talent level and and honestly, as much as I don't want to overhype what we've seen, I don't want to also. I also don't want to overplay the reaction some of the negative reaction that I've seen from the fan base after last night's match, especially after the first half of last night's match. So a couple things. Um, I think Brooks Lennon is a hundred percent right. Whenever he talked about um, getting those two games under our belt, how much of an advantage that is and how, how much of a positive or how big that was for us to get both of those wins, knowing that we were coming into this essentially in preseason form, as I think Elliot Beaven, yeah, Elliot Beaven said that we're still in preseason form, which we honestly are. If you think about it, I mean, you brought up Birmingham. That was like one of the few preseason matches that we had. And, and there are guys that, I mean, to your point, I think Dan, you were saying Joseph's at 60%, 50%. I'd say that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, I, I think anybody that's coming off of an ACL tear, maybe minus, I don't know, Adrian Peterson, whenever he was with the Vikings, who's just an absolute freak athletically and, and recovery wise. I, I think you're going to see that, that hesitance from him. Um, you're going to see, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to like say from my personal experience with knee injuries that it is anything to do, you know, anything uh, relative to the professional level. But I know even just playing pickup intramurals and playing stuff like you get hesitant, like to challenge balls, especially like whenever I was bigger, I would play with my body a lot in college. And, and if you are a physical player and you're coming off of a knee injury, ankle, really any like lower leg or uh, any lower joint injury, I think that hesitance is always going to be there. I think that's natural, and I think he's going to get over it. I think we just have to wait it out a little bit. He has to get in better shape, um, which will come too. Again, no fault of his own. He's coming off of a really serious knee injury. But 
I think that it's uh, another thing I wanted to address, I guess, with the Alawense uh, debacle with the the immigration or the not, I guess, not immigration, but with the um, them not filing the right paperwork. I know a lot of people were crying and saying it was unfair and blah blah blah, but it's really on their front office. They're a professional soccer team; they're number one in their league. It's not like there's some sort of you can't set low expectations for them on that on that front. They need to know the logistics of it and. I mean, the fact that they were playing younger players, I know they had to scramble to bring in. I think they brought in some guy from New Jersey, I think is what I saw. They were scrambling and found like a goalkeeper in their system or something to bring in from New Jersey. Um, but they're still in like midseason form. Like those mm-hmm. guys that are coming off the bench are still going to be able to play. Like those, It's not like those guys are just coming off the street for the most part. We weren't playing against 11 guys that were coming off the street. So I think that, Right now, if you're asking like what percentage we are of what our final form is, Kevin, I know I'm kind of going on a a long tangent rant or not tangent, a long rant, but I think that 60, 65% is probably pretty accurate because you have a manager who did a complete overhaul of some sorts. But whenever you look at, I, you know, Josh Bagransky brings up the point over and over again that eight out of the 11 on the field last night are players from last year. If Guzan was playing, it's nine out of 11. So how much of a quote unquote rebuild is it truly? Right. If your starting personnel is overwhelmingly the same as last year. But I think that, yeah. I think we should expect to see our, our, um, our form improve probably to that, to that degree. I think we're, you know, I think we're only scratching the surface of what what we are going to be. And as he finds out the best players for those positions and um, rotation and all that, I think it's I think it's sky's the limit. I push so. back on the 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 notion just because it's um, eight eight or nine of the same guys. <clears throat> the the system is a whole lot different, and the coaching style and the methods that Heinz are bringing is is different. You know, it's like. The Falcons going from Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl to Steve Sarkeesian and just bombing the next season. Um, I feel like you can have the same guys, but if you're bringing in a a new system and a new way of thinking that is completely different to what Frank DeBoer's expectations were, then you're going to run into this. Um, I don't think... I don't think it's a good enough um, argument to have just because of the same guys. I feel like no, the for system sure. so much different. No, for sure. And the same thing could be said about Frank DeBoer in his first season coming off a of Tata, mostly the same personnel, right? Just bringing a different system. It is, it is an overhaul. Sorry, Kevin, mm-hmm. I will, I will, you know, leave that back to you. Cause you haven't had a chance to. It's fine. I'm talking about the topics it. that matter with the trap. It's fine. Carry on. It's just deep. <laughs> I let United DBZ characters is all I care about now. So (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, so, all right. Of the nine returning, let's, let's just, let's just say that let's, maybe that's the way to start talking about last night's game and the efforts so far this season is to talk about the new parts of this lineup without getting into the tactics and, and formations and, and everything else related to the way that existing personnel is playing in it, but to talk about what pieces have been brought into this lineup so far and what our first impressions are. And particularly last night 
of that, let's just say nine, because I don't think that Rocco is going to be playing consistently week over week because that's going to be Guzan's position. But um, the two new faces, let's say, into the starting lineup being Moreno and um, Sosa, what are your first thoughts on those two guys and, and where you see them going? Because, you know, We've seen so we've seen two sides of the coin with Sosa, right? Like the the game and the way he was employed or deployed rather in the first game was completely different in the game last night, where the first game he was go, taking the ball up past that midfield line and distributing the ball more uh, forward onto the offensive side of the ball. Last night we saw a much more defensively minded Sosa as far as where he fell into the lineup. That said, I think one of the things that was really different was the way Moreno fit into the lineup and particularly the way that right wing and right side of the field looked past midfield line compared to what it was week one against Alajuelense with um, Mulraney and Lennon. So what are you guys' thoughts on uh, both Moreno and Sosa so far as two key pieces in what this starting lineup was this week and what I'm assuming will be going forward with the exception of uh, a couple of pieces here and there, whenever like Franco gets cleared and may see some rotation for like Dan or something like that. So I think Sosa has fit into this perfectly. Um, I think he played the, the way he was playing to me, what I saw I saw he was playing pretty similar roles on both legs. Like he's he's dropping back in the center back position, but then he's also, you know, he's happy to go forward and help out the attack, which is just fantastic. To me, he's kind of like a a Frankenstein of Lorenowitz, Nagby, and LGP together. Like he's he's physical. Um he's he's gonna be in there defensively and he's also you know, he's there to break down attacks in the midfield. I mean, he's... Ib- Ibarra wasn't in the lineup last year, was he? Ibarra? Yeah. Last year? No. no. Yeah, so add him to that list, too, because that's another new face that was starting last night, too. Well, I mean, Moreno's okay. not really a new face. I mean, we that's saw him true. in that's the last true. you know handful of games last year. But, but again... Yeah, I but think I think, I, I think everyone's, like, really interested yeah. to see what Moreno's going to do yeah. because, I mean, he was only in a few games last year. Right. Yeah, I mean, he... <laughs> He wasn't really, you know, it was Stephen Glass coaching the team and for all the good Stephen Glass did, which was which was a lot, which was a lot of burden on his shoulders. I don't think we really saw what Moreno was really gonna be in this team. And um so he kind of feel to me he kind of feels like a like a new signing. Uh I'm excited to see him. I thought that even though he's been playing centrally, it seems like most of his career, uh Heinz has stuck him out on the wing and he did you know, he didn't have his best game last night, but it was fun to see a guy who can just bomb up the wing and actually take players on. Uh, That's what then... was, yeah, that was most impressive. Like we've got, we've had players mm-hmm. that can bomb up the wings for days over the past couple of years. What the big difference is somebody, I don't know. You, I, I'm going to do a hot take. I don't even know if it's a hot take, honestly. I think that Moreno may be the most, and again, very small sample size, probably the most comfortable and confident I've seen an Atlanta United player be in one-on-one scenarios with the ball at his feet. I don't think that's too much of a hot take to be honest with you. Like, Um, I I mean, you go through everybody that's been through here, like 
Biggie was great in one-on-ones because of his pace, but if he had to slow down and take a guy on one-on-one, it wasn't really consistently something that you go, holy shit. Versus Moreno last night, I can't count how many times they were having a double and triple team him, and he was still slipping through and splitting defenders right and left. Like That's something that Atlanta United hasn't really had. Maybe Nagby, but even still, it wasn't something that he was putting on a show every time he, he was on the field or had the ball at his feet. He was certainly comfortable with the ball at his feet, but somebody that's going to go at a defender one-on-one or sometimes two-on-one and still come out on the better end of it. Like that's something really unique this season. I think from a personnel standpoint that Moreno brings that Atlanta United hasn't really had consistently that it's like, people are pulling defenders for different reasons. Like now he's, he's literally pulling defenders and getting by them. Um, yeah. One scenarios at a standstill sometimes. Yeah. And I, I think that you saw how much that opened up his side of the field too, to overlaps and um, just a lot of one to play with, um, with the wingers. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's interesting. I didn't think about that with Moreno, but, um, I think the big thing to me is last night, I think people were kind of down on him because of, I think because of how rusty he was, but the fact that he was still able to get into some of those positions, we made jokes about, uh, his, his skying the ball into the, into the crowd and, uh, how the second one he put on frame. So he's already yeah. <laughs> out shooting Penny Martinez by half a season. So it took took Penny Martinez 16 <laughs> games to put one on frame. So, But to you guys' points, I mean, he is unbelievably comfortable taking guys on. He's a playmaker. And I think that is – I think we talked about that last week after the first leg where Barco was really our only guy that we saw with his ability to create and his ability to really take guys on down in Costa Rica and – how much that opened it up having Moreno and the fact that this is again, like essentially still preseason for us seeing them like that. And just knowing how sharp Barco already is. Barco looks the best he's looked since he's gotten to Atlanta. Like I so, think, Oh yeah. Hands down. Um, sorry. Before we go off Moreno, uh, Kevin Escobar in the trap saying, you think him not being a DP anymore affects him. Uh, I don't think it affects him at all. It doesn't affect his salary. As long as the whip, paying him that cash uh he doesn't care no i don't think no, so. i don't think he cares either but like if if la- again like if last night was the first we've seen a moreno after a layoff and just knowing that how sharp he was last year and then you take that into the new system seeing what he's already doing when he's rusty and knowing what he's going to be bringing in the next few weeks i expect some fireworks i think that I, I love the fact that it seems like we're starting defense first and shoring up that, and we look pretty sound for the most part, I think, on the defensive end, and and maybe only going to get a little more bolstered once uh, once Alan Franco comes in. Yeah, no? I think I just I still think our left back position is a big hole in that line of defense for Atlanta United. Like George Bello came out, I felt like some pretty decent in the first half, at least through the first 20 minutes or so, but he's just been so inconsistent the few games in the season that I'm, I don't know, man, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on that side of the defense, but everything else, you know, Tim, I agree with you. I think that from that left back over, we're, we're pretty sound and it's only going to get short up more whenever Franco gets in, but um, Bello is still, you know, a little bit of a wild card for me and I'm not 
uh, I'm hot and cold on them. I haven't settled in. I obviously have a lot of desire to see him do well. And I, you know, I, I don't think that you take him out of the lineup, but it is, if you were to line up all, all, let's say three of our defenders, even if you want to say four and bring Franco in, even sight unseen, like, or even throw Sosa in that mix, however you want to cut it, like, would anybody dispute the fact that Bello is low man on that totem pole defensively? It's not to say that he's a bad player, but again, like if you're going to have to identify a weakness in the defense, it's going to be Bello, I would think, with, um, the, with the players that are back there. Yeah, I thought they challenged the left um, quite a quite a bit during um, during the game last night, and I thought Bello he he was up to the challenge. He was physical. He he was able to push through when when um, he kind of hit like a a uh, stamina wall, um, and I think that his I think I kind of agree with Joe Patrick. We should just treat him like um, like a left wing back and just allow his defensive responsibility to be picked up by probably Robinson walks and Sosa at the back. But um, as a as a as a left back, just in general, you need to be able to come back and defend. But I feel like um, you can, you know, when Brad's Guzan's on the field, you can hear him shouting to, to Georgie, the Georgie, slide That's tackle true. that guy, Georgie. And that might be it. I mean, he <laughs> might be missing somebody to, because the other defenders aren't necessarily manning where he is in position and, and where he's covering. I think that might be what we saw was that lack of leadership from Guzan back there, kind of manning the ship from the back line. I don't think that Rocco was necessarily up to that task so much. Like I think he was serviceable and he obviously came in whenever we needed to and made some huge saves, but you know, I didn't see him necessarily marshalling that back line and, and calling out where people needed to be and organizing that back line the way that you expect Brad Guzan to, um, especially as a mentor role for George on that backside. So I think Robinson and Walks, I think what makes that relationship so critical is because they will shout and talk yeah. and kind of take on that leadership role from Brad. Because, you know, uh, Rocco is, um, yeah. you know, he's, he's so young. I mean, Bellow's 19. He's so young too. So it's good to have those two guys. And I'm sure, I think Sosa's a little quieter, but I'm sure as time moves on, he'll start to get a, a large voice in the the uh, defense, the yeah. um, central defensive midfield. So I yeah. feel like we have like a core group of guys who can bring it in. And I'm just, man, I'm, how are you gonna? How are you gonna choose between Walks and Franco right now? It just seems. I feel like Walks has just played Franco's himself a, into. But at the a, same, isn't didn't Franco get the third DP spot? He did. So Absolutely. that's how you choose, Dan. That's how you choose. What the fuck are you <laughs> no, saying but, right now? That's how you choose, dude. What are you talking dude, if, about? No, 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 Kevin. If you're running a <laughs> yeah, team that's like that, real man, smart. you're running <laughs> into the ground. And Heinz doesn't do. About? How do you choose? <laughs> that makes makes total sense. You're absolutely right. Yeah. 
Huh? You bring on the DP and then be like, "Sorry, dude, <laughs> kind of hang out." So you're not. We'll so see. what if? <laughs> <laughs> I, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, what do you mean? Why if, would you bring him in then? Why even bring him in? It's particularly as a DP if you don't think he's going to get a starting position. You know what Walks was going to be despite two games. No, in. you didn't know what Walks was going to be. Yes, what the fuck you did. We Duke you absolutely did. Get out of here, man. Oh my get god, out of just here. like a Twitter troll. Walks was get brought in as a depth piece. Exactly. And we thought that that that's what he's going to be. But have you seen? I mean, have you been watching the games? Have you seen his performances? They've been really, really good. And what did we say against a depleted team that didn't have five of their starters? Oh, (laughs) in preseason, come on, man. No, no, it's not. It's not a question. Like, why do you? You think Heinze didn't scope out and and vet who he wanted to have back there? With Fra- like he had no say in bringing Franco in, and now he's going to be like, "No, sorry, dude, we made a wrong pick because Walks has had a couple of good games in preseason." Like, I'm no not way, saying man. they're just going to throw Franco in the trash. I'm saying that Walks has built his case to be a really good competitor for Franco. I'm not saying he's not a good competitor, but he's still a depth piece. But how? But you're. You're not even you're not even considering the play on the field. You're just saying, "Oh, you're X and you're Y." So obviously, because Franco's never played a game, because Franco's never played a game, and you have no idea what you're getting out of him. So you've got to automatically just like, "No, sorry, dude, we don't know what you're going to be or who you're going to be." So no, no, no. What are you talking? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you so here's how you choose choose players you go into practice and whoever plays the best in practice whoever feels most comfortable whoever's had the best form then you choose them okay you don't just choose something because he's making x amount of dollars over y amount of dollars i mean yes he's a dp so obviously you're going to give him a shot but if you're if someone is playing infinitely better than you then you're going to choose that player over another Because that's player. the expectation is that Walks is playing infinitely better than this guy that we just hired as a DP with a skill set and track record that's been proven that all of a sudden isn't going to be that player whenever they get here and isn't going to perform. Like what, no. what does that even mean, dude? What are, you, what are you saying right now? I'm saying that you need competition between for spots and whoever wins the competition is going to play regardless of the dollar amount you're going to you're going to be paying them and the story is franco is coming in here and he's going to be starting over walks <laughs> that's all there is to it man right pending the competition no it's happening dude there's not going to be a competition tim what do you think what what if i told you what if I told you maybe you can get all three of them in there? No, you got to pick one. Stop with this fucking logic. I nonsense. mean, you probably can actually. No, no, no. Because no, le- legitimately, <laughs> I, I think everybody is uh, everybody's loving this little uh, tete-a-tete you guys have going on. But <laughs> I do want to inject a little uh, a politician spin on things because I think historically we've been able to deploy Anton walks at right back Brooks Lennon could be substituted to play a right wing for Jurgen Dam, who did not look spectacular last night. Jake Moraney didn't look spectacular either. And Brooks Lennon can play wing position. And I think that if you have a back three, essentially as formidable as, um, Franco walks and miles Robinson, you can kind of get a little more, 
experimental in the back. You can get a little more. Uh, I don't know. I think we could shore up that back line. I know that Anton walks, isn't necessarily the most adventurous whenever he's playing in the right back position, but I still, he still got up pretty far forward uh, at times, scored some goals for us. And whenever he was on loan, I think that might be a nice, uh, a nice shift that you can do. But I personally, Dan, I'm sorry. I agree with Kevin that you don't have a guy and what Greg says uh, for the culture and the trap saying, didn't Heinze go out of his way uh, for us to get Franco. He's a good chance. He's the starter. And I think we're going to have to see a little more time to get him integrated into the lineup before he is that starter. I don't, I don't think there's a doubt in that. I think we go a couple weeks where walks and Robinson and you know what? I mean, I've seen crazier things happen, right? I mean, if, if they keep playing out of their minds, like they are right now as a, as a center back duo and Heinze doesn't really want to, fuck with the way that we have the, the the formation in the back, then maybe we don't see him for a little bit or we see him coming in for, for a spell at the end. Like I we saw George that. Campbell. Uh, and and Stephen Perales in, has a great point that technically Gressel was a backup for Tito too, you know, similar situation where Tito was DP and Gressel ended up winning out that spot. Look, it's, it's not unheard of. All I'm saying is it's not like this player is sight unseen and you're just throwing a bunch of money at somebody that you don't know if they're going to be a starter or not. Like yeah, that, and, doesn't, and, that doesn't, and that's not what I'm saying at all. I mean, I, I'm, what I'm saying is you've got to have competition between the spots. Well, yeah, that, that's so, what drives, if, that's what drives everybody, but it's right, not a exactly. foregone conclusion that walks is just the starter now because no, I'm not saying that's a foregone conclusion at all. I'm saying you've got to have competition. Well, I and, think that too, Dan. Well, well, I didn't say no competition. <laughs> I would disagree with you because I said it's not a given that walks as the starter because of yeah. two good performances. And, yeah, that's not. I don't I like it when Daddy and Daddy fight. Actually, <laughs> the, the, the crowd loves it. I I don't know that I like it. I think I get a little uncomfortable seeing you guys fight like this. <laughs> so. I think um, so. Longshore has been going on about the way you're going to get all three of them: Walks, Franco, and um, Robinson on the field together. Is when you're facing a team that has two forwards up top. So I think um, I say Philadelphia maybe play with two forwards up top. So you may see it then. Uh, but otherwise, if it's just one, then you're probably not going to see, not yeah. going to see that unless you know there's an injury and he can play all along the back back of the. Just give back line a and weeks to punch somebody in the back of the head, and we'll have some. Spots. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just want to shout out the influx of people that we've gotten in the trap. Uh, they heard the yelling. They came. Yeah, they heard the yelling. <laughs> Kevin Escobar, I think, maybe got shouted out. Uh, Brian Reynolds uh, for the culture. Greg, uh, Sean Mack, what's happening? Long time no see in here. Stephen Perales, Keith Filer, uh, who else? Brandon Scott, Mike German, Mike German, German. <laughs> Mike German. Um, and then, yeah, so it's, um, glad you guys have joined us. I am playing, um, post-marital counselor right now between <laughs> these two. Post-Malone marital counselor. Yeah, post-Malone. <laughs> Where's your blood light, Tim? No, it's, it's good when we disagree. It's, it's, it, it invites discussion. Exactly. No, it does. It does. Um. That's so, the only way you get a word in edgewise with Dan is to argue with him. Sorry, Jim, <laughs> go ahead. <sighs> no, I was just going to ask Canner Guzan. No, but the <laughs> I don't really know if somebody... Rocco. <laughs> um, All right, Kevin. So, are you going to sit Guzan? 
over Rocco now. <laughs> but you need competition. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think now Guzan's on the hot seat. Wait, no, is yeah. it? <laughs> is da- Dan's making your point for for you? Exactly. <laughs> Um, real talk. What are we doing up front in Orlando after seeing what Joseph Martinez is capable of in a starting position last night? Is it well, time? With that? Anybody I don't know Joseph's performance last night. And I think we all understand why. I mean, he's obviously coming off of a huge injury and has been, you know, put on a little bit of weight there, I say, and, it doesn't really look up to form, um, whether speed or positioning or anything. You know, a couple of those times last night, it's like, holy shit. Like two years ago, that's a that's a Joseph goal all day. And right now it's like maybe midseason we start to see that. But right now I, don't, I can't see him playing a full 90 and giving Atlanta United their best position on that front foot to, to score goals. Luckily, you've got some other players up top with Barco and Moreno and others that can slot one home, but um, yeah, I don't personally, I don't see Joseph for a full 90. Maybe you give him the start still because it is technically his spot, but I think it may be a halftime substitution and maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it does go back to um, Torres starting or um, not Torres um, Lopez Lopez starting and then pulling, pulling Joseph in, in the second half. I, I don't know, man. What do you think, Dan? What do you guys think about getting Jackson Conway in there? Because you bring him in on a on an MLS deal after he showed out for the twos last year. And um, and then Elliot Beaven also brings up Eric Lopez as well. Um, yeah, and Steven Perales says the same thing. What's going on with Eric Lopez and Conway? Uh, I don't believe – is Conway technically an international player? No, yeah, he's American. But he's British-born, right? Yeah, but I think he's uh, lived over here. Yeah, he's got American citizenship. Okay, I wasn't I wasn't positive, but I would expect to see him getting into the mix some, right? Yeah, was he was he on the bench yesterday? No, it doesn't look like he was in the eighteen. We had Tyler Wolf, Lissandra Lopez, Jurgen Dam, Jake Moraney, Mikey Ambrose, George Campbell, Ben Lundgaard um, in the the eighteen that filled out the eighteen last night. Yeah, I think um, I was kind of conflicted about it. Um, and Heinzer in the press conference was saying we, he just needs just needs reps and just needs minutes, um, which is I guess that's the only you know it's the only way you're going to get him to match fitness is to keep putting him out there. But um, you know, like Kevin said, he's not going to give you ninety right now. I even has I'm hesitant about starting him. I'd prefer to bring him on as a sub because if you start him, then you're like, well, I'm going to have to sub you at some point, and I don't like being kind of shoehorned into that from the get-go the one thing i will say is at least that first game is against orlando and i think joseph comes out maybe playing a little putting a little extra in the tank going into that game just mentally and emotionally that maybe overcomes some of those shortcomings in that first game that he started this week so i don't know man it'll be interesting to see i think at least for right now he still gets the start. I don't think it's a full 90 performance, though. I th- I could see it being an early second half substitution, you know, worst case. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of times, even at his finest, much to his chagrin, or, he was taken off, you know, he was one of the three subs that we usually, I mean, he's going to get sacrificed 
uh, regardless, I think a lot of times because it's easy to sacrifice that forward that's been running their ass off the entire time as opposed to, you know, screwing up the the back line or the midfield, whatever, to bring in a substitution. And But I'm, I'm with you, Kevin. I don't know that we will see him playing a full 90 for a while or being capable of pull, playing that full uh, full 90 at at 100 percent from from his from his past performances for a while. I don't I don't think that's going to happen. And look, man, even a 60 or 70 percent Joseph Martinez is going to garner a lot of respect from any defender and they'd be foolish not to. Um, so whatever you've got the weapons and it, I, I'd be much more cautious or worried if Atlanta wasn't built the way it is this year, like it was last year. You know, I just don't, I don't have as much hesitancy with the fact that it's like Joseph or bust this year as I did last year. And so I think that this team is structured and built on the front foot to overcompensate for a less than 100% Joseph Martinez right now. And even compromised, he's going to pull defenders. And if they're not smart enough to do that, he's still good enough, even at a diminished state, to to punish a back line or a goalkeeper in one-on-one scenario. Yeah, I I was wondering, like, if I guess I guess that's why we keep him in is because the the respect he's he's garnered, uh, and I guess you don't know when it's gonna when the um, when the switch is going to flip. But part of me was like, well, why don't you give this opportunity for the youth? I mean, it's obviously not going to be the next few games where he becomes the old Joseph Martinez again. Um, Why not get, you know, why not look for his successor now to give them those opportunities? Um, But I guess it's Joseph Martinez, so you're going to start him. I think, there's time to, I think there's time to do both, right? Like, I don't think he's going to play – whenever I say he's not going to play a full 90, I don't think he's even going to play 70. I mean, last night they pulled him in, what, the 60th minute? You know, it's mm-hmm. not like it's going to be they're subbing him off in the 80th minute and somebody's not even getting enough time. And in a lot of ways, and, and you guys know this as well as I do, that, like, you can only practice – and do so many reps that like the way Joseph gets back to being Joseph is not only to practice, but to play. And like, there's a different mentality and a different mindset and a different approach to the game actually playing than there is just practicing. And I think that's the way you get Joseph back over time is to not, I mean, make an early substitution, make him every game. And he still keeps that spot must prove it. Otherwise, or Atlanta's just getting buried. But I think that they've got enough weapons to maintain at least for the time being. Now, injuries or something else, I mean, there's always something that can change that perspective or dynamic. But right now, I, I see him staying in there, especially going against Orlando. So. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully he'll have some extra fuel going up against Orlando. Yeah. yeah. So at least this year, to your point, Kevin, we're not relying solely on Joseph. So we're going to be having exciting 1-0 victories as opposed to boring 1-0 victories. So... We have that going for us because where are the goals coming from, if not from Joseph? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. If you're saying that we're not wholly reliant on him right now to win, who who's going to be producing goals for us? I think Barco and Moreno. Yeah. It's got to be them. And then if um, either of the Lopez is or the, the Lopi are on, they've got to provide them. <laughs> Shit, even Dan. 
I mean, again, yeah. there's enough here. I mean, damn scored last night. And hats off to Barco, man. We haven't really talked a lot about the game yet. If we do it all, because <laughs> we've got 10 minutes left right now. But, I mean, hats off to Barco to have the heads up play, which was not – I mean, that was not intended to be a pass or a layoff by any means. It was just a heavy first touch. And, I mean, he was he had full intentions of playing that ball all the way through the touchline. And so for him to get his head up and to realize and have the wherewithal, like that's a very mature pull off of the ball that Barco had last night. A lot of other players, I don't think would have had that awareness to say, okay, he's clearly in a better position with a better angle. Like I need to step off and let him drive it home. You know what I mean? Like that was, yeah. and I think it's Barco's goal as a result. Like it was just all around, just a really great heads up play by him last night. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of felt like on some of the replays, he's going for it. He sees Dam. He's still going for it. And he's like, oh, no, I should let this yeah. one go. Yeah. Which was the right decision to do. Yeah. yeah. So I did want to get to some of the reactions that we got from Twitter last night post-match because um, I'd asked people for their, their irrational reactions and their unpopular reactions from last night. Um, we got Danny Palacios uh, saying lots to learn from in this match. Bella looked like two different players. Bad first half, great second half. Walks and Robinson did great and made Novo's night easy. That's something we haven't talked about either. Is like Novo was barely brought into question last night. Yeah. Uh, it's a good good possession, but crosses seemed aimless and overhit. Lots of sloppy, ill-timed passing. Barco looked better. Um, Elliot Beaven saying still preseason form for Atlanta United. They still need to work on fitness, but good form or a good performance for the team. Sorry, I need to take a sip of water. Mm. <sighs> Joey Haletto saying Guzan is going to give up more goals. Yep. It's Hoseto, Tim. Hoseto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill, Bill Holcomb just says Joseph. That's all he said. So I don't know how to take that. I would imagine. Um, yeah. He yeah. probably wants to sell him. Yeah. Uh, Keaton Thomas he said it was ugly, but thank God we finally get a goal at the end. We need to finish when crossing in because there's too many times we didn't connect with the guys up front. Good to see Joseph get some minutes as well as Rocco. Hopefully next round we'll regroup and finish a lot more. I think that's something that I think that's going to be big because we're going to be a lot more in form once the next round hits. Uh, Gustavo Rodriguez down in Argentina saying, if we play well and lose, I get angry today to enjoy tomorrow. But if we, it's this, this reads like a proverb, which he often, uh, he often writes. Uh, but if we play badly and win, I enjoy today to be angry tomorrow. Tomorrow I won't be angry, but I won't enjoy either. This is just starting. Hold on. Uh, I still got to solve for X. What was it again? <laughs> <laughs> I got to figure uh, out, like, if it's multiplied, do I have to divide to cancel it out to move it over to the other side? Are you tomorrow? foiling? Are you foiling? Like if, you, I'm ma- if I'm ma- if I'm if I'm multiplying by mad today, I have to divide by mad to cancel it out tomorrow. Is that it? I think that Big follows mad. the order of operations. Yeah, yeah. you okay. always multiply first. <laughs> but what is X if you're solving for Big Mad? <laughs> uh, anyway, Andy Watkins with the most unpopular opinion: uh, the Nolan Batman trilogy is highly overrated. Ledger's Joker is spectacular, but the writing as uh, as a whole is lacking. Yeah. I've always thought that. I, look, I I think that Dark Knight is the best of the three, hands yeah. down. But I agree that I think that there is a certain cultural 
significance to the events that transpired following that movie and Heath Ledger's passing that elevated it to a level that it may not have gotten to had that not occurred. Like just the, just the societal events that took place outside of the movie elevated the movie to another level. I still think it's the best of the three, but I, I tend to agree with what Andy's saying. Like it, it's, still not the it's still not some masterpiece you know i think that heath ledger certainly was the best part of it but that just took it to another level based on what happened outside of the movie itself i think heath ledger's character the portrayal of the joker is the best oh yeah superhero or villain ever Ooh, ever that's okay Mm. Mm mm-hmm I, I personally think Tom Hardy's Bane is much maligned and very, uh, very um, unjustly maligned is what I should say. I, I mean, he might he be maligned, but he villain. just doesn't. I mean, he's wearing a mask the whole time. You don't get the same sort of emotion that you do out of the Joker. And Killian Murphy's, Killian Murphy's Scarecrow. That's exactly what I was about movies. to say, man. Holy it's so shit. good. Yeah. So good. That sequence in the first movie may be one of my that might take i don't know i'd have to go back and rewatch them like the the sequence whenever batman gets the fear toxin and sprays it on scarecrow and then his face starts melting and all that one of the best things ever it's only second to uh spider-man homecoming with mysterio and everything that happens with that like yeah. That was very reminiscent of what Nolan was doing in Batman Begins. So All right, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the cues from the trap and move on because Andy, uh, you know, uh, Chiefs Chiefs coach Steve saying we've reached the part of the evening when we ask how did we get here? <laughs> and then Parceros United, who Parceros he, are just here to see if we talk about Pity Martinez <laughs> and how much of a waste of money it is. You know, Dan, that's your point is that DPs don't always pan out and they shouldn't always get a starting position. You're absolutely right. I might concede to you when considering the efforts of Kenny Martinez over two years in tenure with Atlanta United. You're absolutely right. It's interesting. I, mean, I don't know if I don't know if Parceros United if that's Ron or Danny. I would assume it's Ron, but uh, <laughs> Ron has been summoned. He's not taking the bait. <laughs> He's not taking the bait. All right, couple couple more uh reactions from last night. GT Quick 85 says uh, Robinson had what might be a regress to his 2020 form. Not good at all. Not impressed with Moreno. He needs to combine more. Again, we're ask, I was asking for irrational reactions. Uh, overall, we lack chemistry. <laughs> we'll come in time. However, not a good showing. Um, I don't know. Okay, so let's hold on. Let's talk about that chemistry. Because there were moments last night between link-up play with players that – you see hints of that chemistry coming. Like particularly, Tim, I texted you that early play with uh, Bello on the out route with Barco on that left side up top. And Barco lays it off to Bello knowing that Bello's going to have the one touch cross into the box. And it's like, it's something that he, they've clearly been working on that overlap and working on that play up on the top left side of the field that, Again, it's it's the beginnings of something from a chemistry standpoint that you start to see something. And, and you saw a lot of the same thing on the right side between Moreno and Lennon as well, where they were 
consistently working in tandem and having layoffs and crosses and distribution from that right side of the field that is only going to build and strengthen as they play together more. At the same time, there were some shortcomings whenever there was a, a breakaway play or a ball that got brought into into the 18 and it was like a mad scramble where nobody knew where anybody else was at or how to lay it off and it just kind of fizzled out. So I think there was some good scene from the chemistry standpoint. I don't think it was an entire wash and I think it's only going to get better forward yeah it seems like we've got the most chemistry at the back and then it kind of fades out as we move forward because i think because even dam i mean um what he had like five or six crosses and he got like 50 percent of them on accurate because he was like looping some crosses in it would just go to the back post but there was no one there and it seemed like we needed an extra guy into the box and we could have scored a whole bunch more goals to just get onto the end of passes to clean up loose balls. Um, yeah. No, I agree that that stuff will all come in time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think as we get more comfortable, as we get our guys playing together more in real game situations, we're going to see that start to, uh, we're going to become a more well-oiled machine. I, I, at least I hope that's the hope. I don't want to, no, fuck it. I do want to set my expectations high because why not? Because <laughs> we're Atlanta United. Yeah, That's exactly. What we do. Um, so your expectations guess... high for the season? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think oh, yeah. High. Championship or bust. Okay, so this next one is certainly, uh, hopefully Ron is still in the trap because this one is for him from Scott Boone uh, at writer-in-law. It says, unpopular opinions. Heinemann was in the running for man of the match. And Dam showed why he isn't starting with his lack of pressing defensive positioning when out of possession. Um, I could feel Ron clenching his fist at Heinemann being in the running for man of the match. <laughs> I thought he was fine. I thought he's been fine the past two games. I don't think that he's end all be all. I think he's pretty, pretty decent um, in front of Sosa along with Ibarra. Um yeah. And then Keith Filer with the last one, just saying uh, passing still needs a lot of timing, still not very crisp. Glad we have two matches under our belts to get ready for that purple team. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, Hyman was one of the better rated guys. I mean, he I thought he did a lot defensively and uh, offensively. I think he's he could really thrive under this team. Um, I feel like we're going to see him a, see him a lot more. No, I agree. I think in <laughs> Ron... Just uh, t- Ron took the bait. He said, "Don't think he was man of the match, but Heinemann has been much, much, or has been much better under Heinz." I agree. Like I think, I think it was two things. I think he was being deployed incorrectly under Frank DeBoer, and I think last year, coming off of COVID, I don't, I don't, I don't think that was uh, played up as much as it should have been, probably in terms of his performance, because you saw him lacking in, in stamina throughout a, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the season last year. I felt like. Um, Elliot yeah. even says emo was good last night, and I'm just wondering who he was listening to. Was it like some Hawthorne Heights or um, <laughs> top emo bands? Go real emo, or are we talking about like our high school uh, screamo type of? Yes, yeah. Thir- Is Thursday. that the drive-in considered emo? I think legitimate. They were like the first post-hardcore band, really. One of the first post hard I guess I shouldn't say that. I'm going to get yelled at because like Quicksand and other bands like that. But like they were one of the first post-hardcore bands. But I think you could probably lump them in with the original like emo movement, which included a lot of hardcore bands. But um, They're my favorite. 
Thank you, Molly. Yeah. I, they, I they, posted, they posted like a cryptic uh, new uh, header image today with all of them. Like, I don't know if they're re-releasing something or if they're actually going to put out a new album. Granted, their last uh, album was... Yeah. I guess I'd only have to pay their taxes first. Didn't they have some issues with their taxes or something like that? Tax evasion? Or did I make that up? No, I think you made that up. Uh, no. Um, C- Cedric was having his dogs killed and poisoned by Scientology. Is what okay, I- that's what it was. It was Scientology, yes. not taxes. That It, is, yes. it all comes together somehow. Not to, yeah. yeah, because his wife <laughs> yeah. was in Scientology. And that's was, what it was. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I, Dana I Masterson keeps poisoning and killing their dogs and all that, so. So oh, I have a question for you. That's a good one. All right. So there's been talk about the, you know, some people have been comparing this to like a Frank DeBoer um, type team where it was kind of boring to watch. Do you guys agree that it was a boring uh, game to watch at all? No. Full stop. No. Yeah. I I thought it was a really beautiful game to watch i loved watching all the the overlaps and the triangles and santiago sosa i mean i was i was i mean that when i watched it the first time i've got my emotions involved in it so i'm like come on barco pass the ball shoot the ball what are you doing you know just getting really irritated with it but then when i watch it back the second time i'm like oh this is this is actually really fluid and pleasant to watch um it was I thought it was it was a even for a, for a one nil win. I thought it was a really entertaining game. No, nothing, Kevin. No, I, I'm I'm in the trap. I'm sorry, guys. I'm out of it. <laughs> I'm so I'm so deep right now. <laughs> We've lost him. We yeah. have lost him. Well, I think the I, goals. I, I, we upset Percy somehow, and I'm trying to find out why. I, I think all this talk about emo music, it, it just, I think he got triggered and left. I think Percy grew up in the same scene that we did. So I think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why he's, uh, he's upset. out. He's out. All right. Um, score predictions for this weekend. What are we thinking? Uh, I just wanted to shout out to Anton Walks. He got 100% passing. Which has uh, been apparently a new team record. Nobody's done that before in Atlanta United. That's pretty insane. Yeah, eighty-one of eighty-one passes. Eighty-one of eighty-one passes is insane. Oh, the other thing is um, Joseph was captain in Brad's absence, Uh, and then he after he went off, he gave it straight to Miles Robinson. So I thought that was interesting. It's great for Miles' development when he gets sold for thirty million to Europe. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen for some reason. <laughs> no, I don't either. Yeah, so uh, Orlando, right? Um, man, I I'm going with a two-one loss. Wow. What about you, Tim? Two-nil. I think we I think we continue our clean clean streak or clean sheet streak and I agree Percy said Joseph with the fresh cut took off the he's going to feel 10 pounds lighter without the, the the sumo ponytail. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the top knot. How dare you? 
Uh, Kevin's only saying that because he used to do the top knot in high school for soccer games. So. <laughs> That's what I had here. Boy, <laughs> what a time to be alive. That was whenever it was all emo music and hair. What what a what a time. Wait, so what is great. YouTube FMV? Is that Fuse? Is, Fuse? is that Fuse music videos? Oh, maybe. Remember Fuse? Oh, oh yeah. Fuse. I used to watch Fuse all the Fuck time. Yes. Fuse and MTV I, too? So Saturday night, Fuse used to play something comparable to uh, Headbangers Ball right before MTV2 yep. put Headbangers Ball on. I would watch Fuse for an hour, and then I'd watch yep. Headbangers Ball with Jamie Josta till I fell asleep at like 1.30, whenever it was, <laughs> it was still going on. It's yep. good time. It, it was Fuse, MTV2, and then Robot Chicken. Or not Robot Chicken, but Adult Swim, which Robot Chicken was on. But yeah, that was the yeah. that was the lineup and rotation of the, at night. So uh, I think it's going to be a draw. I think it's 1-1. Oh yeah, wait, we're not, not. We need. We need to write this down. Somebody write this down. Kevin, where's your where's your note cards? I got it. What yeah, do you want me to write down? Score predictions. Oh, okay. Hold on. Um, what do you just want me to do? The all right. So Orlando. I think I think Moreno and Ibarra get a goal. I think Moreno and Ibarra score, and we get two two nil two nil. We. Win. I'm not saying Ibarra. Who. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a that's a prediction right there. Dave, oh yeah, it's, it's a stupid it's prediction. Two one, right? Uh, yeah, I said two one loss. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, they don't uh, have DK. They don't have DK. And no, DK's thank God. Gonna, yeah, right. I'm saying one one. I think Barco scores. I think we we're, we're gonna see what um, what's his name, Pato, to see what he's got left in the tank. Uh, I'm not. I mean, they're giving him a whole bunch. They're pumping him up pretty well in in Orlando. I just tried to listen to one are of the podcasts before. Did Did Dan just confirm that they're pumping him up full of steroids? Are they giving <laughs> him the cream or the clear? Whoa. Probably both. Yeah. Why yeah. not? I mean, he's thirty one, so um, he's kind of might as well. Yeah. Well, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, they they've they finished their season in a, in a mental melt meltdown. So, but they're, I mean, they're a good team. They're a strong team. It seems like a lot of uh, the um, professional journalists out there are uh, putting Orlando above Atlanta in their power rankings. So whatever we, whatever credence that Look, you man, give I, that. I, I'm psyched to see it. I mean, power rankings came out and Atlanta was in top 10. I'll take that mm. coming off of the season last year, sight unseen, so to speak, you know, with just a couple of preseason matches in CCL to see Atlanta in that top 10 with actually something to show for it right now. I'll take that all day. Um, I think this team's got a lot of, a lot of room to keep moving upward and I think it's only going to get better, but just got to give it time. So anything else? Guys? Cheering, I saw somebody cheering for Saprisa after what they did to Philly at the end of that match last week. Fuck that team. <laughs> yeah i think they just won saprisa because they'll be the easier team to face rather than philadelphia but yeah i i totally agree oh, is that who we play next is we either play philly or saprisa so right now it's mm-hmm. half time and it's nil nil do you run so through right all now, the Philly's score predictions in the trap uh no not yet Brittany, uh has two one atlanta united uh chiefs coach steve uh 169 good guys seven um 
a lot of bands in here. Uh, Stephen Perales, 1-0 Atlanta. Elliot Beaven, Atlanta, 1-0. Michelle, 1-1. Keith Filer, 1-1. Uh, Richard Gordon, 2-1 Atlanta. Um, Parceros, 2-0. Uh, Wait, I'm so confused. 2-0 to Orlando. 2-0 Orlando. Cheese uh, Coast Steve, 2-0 Atlanta. And, yeah. All right. Anything else, guys? Um, shout out to Lucy Rushton. She is oh, going to yeah. be the new GM of DC United, which is huge. It just shows, I mean, she's the second female GM uh, in MLS history. Um, and what it goes to show is Atlanta United are hiring some pretty incredible people. If you are having your employees poached to go be general managers, is huge and and the fact the um the dc are doing that is is great as well the troubling thing is this is like the fifth signing that dc united has gotten from atlanta and i'm just wondering when they purchased the rest <laughs> of the team that's what i want to know right well maybe lucy rushton can help that you know <laughs> yeah congratulations I think I on Twitter. To, uh, yeah congratulations no, to lucy and to the league as a whole i think that's that's fantastic Absolutely. news it's fantastic news for everybody but Atlanta United. And it's one of those bittersweet things where you have to just celebrate for the person and, and lament afterwards for your team because I have a feeling the amount of work that she did behind the scenes for Atlanta United is not going to go unnoticed moving forward. I really, It's going to be a huge hole to fill for us. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel the same way about Dan most of the time. <laughs> but what I think it does is, I mean, it just shows you that, you know, if you work for Atlanta United, there are greater things that you can go to. You know, you can become a general manager. You can manage a national team. <laughs> I will know, not it's... say the same for this podcast. So that's <laughs> well. That's this is kind of yeah. the end of the road, buddy. This is what you got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fine. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in with us. Uh, if you want to tune in with us live each and every episode, you can find us at uh, youtube.com forward slash home before dark. Find us wherever you get your podcasts at home before dark. You can find us all on line, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, mostly Instagram these days. Twitter is just for the show account. Um, Tim, where can they find you at? You can find me at Tim Herb. Dan, what about you? You can find me at DNJMS. Find me at The Architect. That's at the underscore A-R-C number one T-E-C-T. Collectively at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. Be sure to leave a rating or a review to hear it read aloud on the show. We actually have not been checking those. Um, we don't have any new ones. Shock. Okay. <laughs> Nothing new. So please get some of those in. We promise not to beg like we were before. Maybe a little bit because we do have goals here. Um so yeah be sure to like and subscribe however you found us if you did subscribe on youtube hit that little bell icon to get a notification whenever we go live and join these lovely people that we have here in the trap with us each and every week thank you so much love the hell out of you guys we'll see you next time as always be home before dark it's time to feed the village let's go shit us some lions shit us come shit us
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 